Now let's turn tonight in our Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 and I want to read from verse 16. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Chapter 4, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Then he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness, and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also hear in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, When the heaven was shut up three years and six months when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. Amen. We'll end the reading there at verse 30. And we pray God will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, my text this evening is taken from Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And my theme tonight is meeting the healer of broken hearts. Now let's remember the context of these words. This incident took place at the commencement of our Lord's earthly ministry. The Lord Jesus is about 30 years of age. He's back in his home of Nazareth, the place where he's brought up. It's the Sabbath day. 
That's a reference to the Jewish Sabbath. The Jewish Sabbath is from Friday at 6 p.m. through to Saturday at 6 p.m. And as his custom was, he entered into the local synagogue. And of course, there's a lesson there in church attendance, isn't it? And as part of the service, he stood up to read. If you wanted to read the scriptures in the synagogue as a man, you you stood up. And the minister handed him the, the book of Isaiah. And we're told when he opened the book and found the place where it was written, he read from Isaiah 61. Now, here's a strange thing. He only read one and a half verses. And then he closed the book. And he gave it back to the minister. And then he said an amazing thing. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And at first the people wondered at the gracious words um, which um, proceeded from his mouth. Others questioned and said in their hearts, is not this Joseph's son? A reference to his stepfather. However, after telling the worshippers in the synagogue that day that no prophet is accepted in his own country, and that there were many widows in the days of Elijah in the land of Israel, yet Elijah the prophet was sent to none of them save to one widow in a town of Sidon uh, named Zarephath. He added that there was many lepers in Israel in the days of Elias, yet none of them were healed but Naaman the Syrian. And after hearing these things, they were furious. They were mad. They were filled with rage. And they thrust him out of the synagogue and thrust him out of the city. And they, 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 they take him up to the top of the hill and they would have cast Christ down. But we're told he passed through the midst of them and went his way. And during our time in the land of Israel, we stood in the Mount Precipice uh, outside the city of Nazareth. uh, And we looked down at that thousand foot drop. And we thought about this incident where where Christ was thrust out of the synagogue and out of the city and taken up to the brow of the hill. And while we're not saying this is the exact hill, it, it, it could well have been where they attempted to throw the Lord Jesus headlong down to his death. Now, Now, that's the context of our text. And I believe that's important. And I want you to get the setting in your mind. Now, now let's think of something else. Let's think of the content of the verse. Look at verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, you see, in this text, I see many things. I see here, first of all, the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And I see here the necessity of the Holy Spirit anointing the preacher so that he's a man endued with power from on high, with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven to bring the word of God. So so there's a necessity for for a spirit-filled ministry here. That's a message in itself. The second thing I see here is one of the reasons why the Lord Jesus was sent. 
It says, He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Here's why he came. Here's one of the reasons for his entry into the world. I also see here the fivefold natural state of every sinner before God. Every sinner is poor spiritually. Spiritually, they're brokenhearted. Spiritually, they're slaves to sin. They're captives. Spiritually, they're, they're blind and can't see. Spiritually, they're bruised. And we could preach a whole sermon to the unconverted. Now, now none of these things that I've mentioned is the focus of my attention tonight. I want us to think of our theme, the healer of broken hearts. And I want you to meet tonight the healer of broken hearts. If you look at this phrase, eight words, he has sent me to heal the broken hearted. Eight in biblical numerics is the number of new beginning. It's interesting that these words are not in the NIV. For those that have an NIV Bible, these words are omitted. These words are deleted. And of course, I charge those who produce the NIV of tampering with the Word of God. And it's a serious thing to take away from the words of God. It's a serious thing to add to the Word of God. And and these verses have been taken out of the Bible. Uh, to, to all the readers of the NIV. They're, they're not there. And of course, that's one of the reasons why we as a free Presbyterian church hold tenaciously to the most reliable and faithful translation of the authorized scriptures because these eight words were inspired by the Holy Ghost. They're found in Isaiah 61 and they're also found here coming from the lips of the Lord Jesus as he read the scroll in the synagogue. So there's the context. And that's the content. This this whole text is rich with material to preach on. But I'm only going to focus on these eight words. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Notice the condition identified. The brokenhearted. Literally means broken in heart. Now now it's not a reference to the uh, strongest muscle in your body that pumps the blood around your skeletal frame. It's really a reference to the seat of your emotions. It's a reference to the spiritual part of your being. It's a reference really to the real you. Remember that we read of King David in Acts 13, that he was a man after God's own heart. So we we could say, well, God has a heart. God told Jeremiah, I will give you pastors according to mine heart. And the reference to the heart of God, God's heart, is not a a literal organ that pumps blood around the body, but it's a reference to his desires, a reference to his feelings, his emotions that he has for his people in Christ. It's a reference to his decisions and determinations that he has for his people in Christ. So I'm clear tonight, there's no doubt in my mind, that this broken heart, broken in heart, is a reference to one's emotions. Let's remember that God has made us in his own image and in his own likeness. You've maybe heard the expression, so-and-so has no heart. 
Does that mean that they have no organ that pumps blood around the body? No. What does it mean then? It means to being hard and difficult and callous and without feeling. In other words, they have no sympathy or no empathy in a given situation. Some, of course, display their feelings very openly. You've heard the expression, so-and-so wears their heart on his sleeve. In other words, no matter how dark and difficult the context is that an individual faces, they, they quite openly display how they feel. Not only in speech, but even in their facial expressions. Now, now here's a fact tonight. Each one of us has a heart. Not only a heart that pumps blood around the body, but, 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 but a heart that's really the seat of your feelings, the seat of your emotions. And one of the worst possible things that can happen to you is that you can experience a broken heart. Here's the condition identified. Broken hearted. Let me ask the question tonight as you're gathered here this evening. Do you have a broken heart? Is your spirit smashed and shattered? That you feel that there's no hope for you or no help for you? I'm sure as you read these words that you're glad that this phrase hasn't been omitted from the authorised version of the scriptures. I'm glad tonight when you read this portion that you can hear of someone who can heal your broken heart. Because surely it would be a, a most awful tragedy in light of this real experience of being broken in heart that there was none to help us and none to heal. These words are found twice in the Bible. Isaiah 61 verse 1 and here Luke 4 verse 18. And I have to tell you I'm really glad that it's in the Bible. Because when I read these words, I find a message of hope and encouragement. I find a word for me. The condition identified. I want you to think secondly of the causes that's magnified. Ask yourself this question. If being broken in heart is a real experience in this life, what causes it? What causes us to be broken in heart? Let me suggest a number of things. Let me suggest depravity. In Psalm 51 verse 18, the psalmist was a backslidden man for a year. And he said this, A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. Being overcome with a sense of sin. Being conscious of the fact that you're a sinner by nature and practice. Remember the same psalmist said in the same psalm, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Think of Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When did all sin? We sinned in Adam. Remember, we inherited in Adam the guilt and punishment of that first transgression. We inherited the guilt and punishment of each individual transgression because transgression incurs guilt. Remember, that's what sin is. Sin is the transgression of the law. 1 John 3 and 4 in our catechism tells us sin is any want of conformity unto your transgression of the law of God. And we have inherited not only the guilt and punishment of transgression, but we have inherited a bad heart, a heart that loves sin. That's why Jeremiah said the heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
The heart is out of Christ. And you, as a depraved soul out of Christ, have no ability to save yourself. Maybe you're here tonight and you know that you're a sinner. You know about your unbelief, your lust, your pride, your jealousy, and so on. You know you've got a soul that needs to be saved. You know that Jesus Christ is the only saviour of sinners. And I want to ask tonight, have you taken responsibility in light of the fact that you've broken God's law, in light of the, the reality of heaven and hell? And I want to ask this evening, have you come to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you come and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I want to be saved. Like Peter, save me, I perish. Remember in Luke 18, the story of two men in the temple. One's a publican. Uh, he nothing to do with being a, a pub owner. He, he's simply a tax collector. They were despised and hated in the land of Israel in the days of Jesus, just like the tax men are today. And this man wouldn't lift up his eyes in the temple. He wouldn't look to the priest. He, he wouldn't look to, towards the altar. The Bible tells us he smote in his breast. Remember what he prayed. He cried out, God be merciful to me, the sinner. And because he prayed that prayer, that man was a candidate for the saving and power of Christ. And in fact, in Luke 18, verse 14, Jesus said, that man went home justified, just as if he'd never sinned in the sight of God. You see, he had a broken heart because of his consciousness of his sin and depravity. And he was healed upon his confession of sin. He was healed upon repentance, because Jesus said, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. And remember, repentance is the soul's divorce from sin. And maybe you're here tonight and you've discovered in life's journey that the heart of your problem is the problem of your heart. And I want to ask tonight, has there been a time, a moment, when you realize that you've got a broken and a contrite heart due to facing up to the reality of your sin? And you've gone and you've cried out, Lord, save me. I perish. You, you think of the many lives tonight that are broken by sin. Many lives brought into deep, serious sin. And many lives in the gutter tonight, whether it's drunkenness or drug dependency or, or, or some other thing. And, and many lives are gripped by the power of sin and being destroyed. And they can't see it and sense it and they don't know it. Therefore, they never look for salvation. A broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, that will not despise. Let me give you another cause for a broken heart. What about death? The loss of a loved one? A husband? A wife? A child? Someone has died in the family. And from our perspective, maybe prematurely, and you're thinking about the emptiness of the home, the vacant chair, the silence. I've spoke to people and they've talked to me about the loneliness when they've gone into the house. And you realize you won't experience the company and companionship of your loved one again on this earth until Jesus comes. And you know, we could talk about many tragedies. What about the tragedy in Aberfeen in, in Wales whenever a, a slag heap of coal uh, slid down a hill and hit the local primary school and, 
Uh, I think it was something like 166 children's lives were lost and their teachers and others in the village. You, you think of Oma, a bomb gone off 20 years ago on Wednesday past. 31 individuals, including two unborn children, murdered. You, you think of the Bani Gali bomb explosion 30 years ago tomorrow when eight soldiers were murdered in that bomb. And I could go on. We could talk about Tiban. We could talk about the King's Mills. We could talk about Claudie. We could talk about the Schenkel bombing. And, and, and death comes suddenly. People's hearts are broken. What about disease? Is that not another cause? A person's ill. It's a prolonged illness. Year and year. There's no real prospect of recovery. Individuals are robbed of their joy and strength and mobility. And it's a serious illness. The prognosis isn't good. The outlook's bleak. And the individual feels, well, there's nothing better for me. And it's hard. And it is hard. It's hard for the individual concerned. But I want to tell you, it's equally hard for those that are carers, long-term carers. And the days can be difficult. And, and at times it can get into you. And you can feel that you're broken and hard because of this experience that you're going through. What about disappointments? Isn't life full of bitter disappointments? Doesn't life bring strong blasts in its wake? You're in employment and then you get the news of the loss of a job. You're brought into financial difficulty. Hopes and dreams that you had are dashed. The Bible says hope deferred maketh the heart sink. And how many hearts are sinking in despair and distress and in the depths because of disappointment? Do you know that Mr. Spurgeon died when he was 57? He was the great Baptist preacher, the prince of preachers. He died in grief and pain of heart. You think of the downgrade controversy. The Baptist Union in that day voted against standing for the great truths of the gospel. Voted against standing for the fundamentals of the faith. The infallibility of the Bible. It's inerrancy. The, the personal work of Christ. And so on and so forth. The necessity of the new birth. I, I could go on tonight. The, 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 the essential deity of Christ is eternal sonship. And the proposer of that motion. Was Charles Spurgeon's own brother. And was not a bitter pill to swallow. And he took that to the grave. Could I suggest tonight another cause? Desertion. You, you think of the prodigal's father. How did he feel when he left the home? And squandered his inheritance and riotous living in the far country. Did he feel good? You know he didn't. He felt bad. He was broken in heart. And do you think tonight of, we'll, we'll just call a spade a spade, children brought up in the gospel? Children brought up in free Presbyterian homes from knee-high to a grasshopper, brought to church, Sunday school, Bible class, youth meetings. And then there's a point in their lives when they turn their back. On, on father and mother Turn their back on the great truths of the gospel And, and, and um, 
They, they, they desert the gospel, turn away from Christ. Doesn't it have an impact? You think when a spouse leaves a family home, you, you think of somebody who is a trusted friend turning against you. David had his Ahithophel with a cruel and jealous tongue lashing out against David. The Lord Jesus had Judas Iscariot, one of his own. He talks about mine own familiar friend who sat at the table. You think how he was arrested by the mob in the Garden of Gethsemane. How he was kissed by Judas in the cheek and taken to Galicant to the, the uh, palace of Caiaphas. And then to Gabatha and Pilate's judgment hall and Golgotha. And we read they all forsook him and fled. Didn't the Apostle Paul experience this when he said, No man stood with me, and yet gave the testimony, Nevertheless, the Lord stood with me. You see, these are the causes that can be magnified, that bring a, a broken heart. And notice thirdly and very quickly, the cure that's specified. Look, look at our text. It says, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You see, for every depraved heart, for every heart that faces the bitterness of death, for every heart that's struggling with disease, for every heart that's engulfed with bitter disappointment, for every heart that faces desertion and despair, I want to tell you there's a healer. Look at the text. Who or what is the healer? Look at God's word. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, literally to bind up the brokenhearted. God sent his only begotten son into the world. Here's one of the reasons why he came. It's Dr. Jesus. And of course, there's no doctor like him. He's the greatest doctor of all time. And he specializes in broken hearts. Could I tell you tonight, he's the creator of the universe. In Psalm 147, we read, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Verse 4 tells us of Psalm 147. He telleth the number of the stars and calleth them all by name. He made the stars. How many billions? We don't know. He gave them all names. And we're told some of the names in the book of Job. And yet tonight the Lord's more interested in souls than stars. He's more interested in your broken heart than he is in the heavenly bodies. You see, this doctor, Dr. Jesus... The Lord Jesus Christ is not only your creator and mine, the creator of the universe, but he's the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And you see, he's got his own personal experience of a broken heart. In Psalm 69, which is a messianic psalm, many of the psalms are, and they uplift an aspect of the personal work of the Lord Jesus. In Psalm 69, there's five references to the word reproach. Verse 7 Verse 9, it's mentioned two times. Verse 19, and it's mentioned in verse 20. Verse 20 is the fifth reference. In the fifth reference, we read this. Reproach hath broken mine heart. You see, the Lord Jesus knew from personal and bitter experience what it was to have brokenness in heart. And therefore, he can sympathize. Therefore, he can empathize with you and your broken heart. And glory to God, he's been sent in a mission of mercy. 
And everyone who comes to him with a broken heart can find he is healing for their broken heart. And you know what? He never sent one away. He has never said to someone, I'm too busy. Come back tomorrow. It's late. He'll not turn away any that are broken and contrite in heart. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. It'll not be despised. It'll be delivered. It'll not be um, uh, um, anything else but, but healing and help for that individual. You think of the man of Gadara. A demon-possessed man living in a graveyard, chained. He breaks the chains because of his demonic strength. He's deranged. He's self-harming. He he tries to to, uh, kill himself. And yet, what did he need? He needed deliverance. And the Lord Jesus came and delivered him and made him a new creature. And we read that he was sitting clothed in his right mind beside the Lord Jesus. You think of the publican who went home justified, having confessed God be merciful to me, the sinner. You you think of dealing with death, Jairus' daughter, the widow of uh, Nain's son, uh, Lazarus. Jairus' daughter had just died. Uh, The widow of Nain's son was on the way to be buried. Uh, Lazarus was dead four days And yet the Lord Jesus had power Over death And even though death had broken hearts He defeated death by his own death On the cross Think about disease The Lord Jesus performed many miracles And every miracle in the body Points to the greater miracle Of a sin sick soul when, when there was disappointment in the life of John the Baptist's disciples after he was beheaded, they went and told the Lord Jesus. Mark 6 and 30. Whenever Timothy uh, or, or Paul said, Demoth hath forsaken thee, having loved this present world. Uh, uh, and, and then confessed that no man stood with me in his trial before Caesar, that all forsook me, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. You see, we could read on in the scripture today. Not one person was ever disappointed. Because this wonderful doctor called the Lord Jesus Christ is a wonderful healer and he specializes in broken hearts. Now, is your heart broken? Have you been found by the Lord Jesus? One final thing. I want you to think of the claim that's upheld. In the context, the Lord Jesus said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. You see, in the days of the first century, when the Lord Jesus read these words in Galilee, this was a real experience for all who were in the synagogue. And it's a real experience now in our day and generation. You can have peace with God. You can have pardon from all your sins. You can know the power of the Spirit residing in you. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. You can be brought into a place of praise. You can be brought into a place of useful service. See, that's the claim he was making. He was lifting the words of Isaiah 61 verse 1, and he was foretelling the future. He was saying, I'm going to do this now that I've come into the world. And of course, he did it then. And he's still doing it in our day and our generation. 
Not an angel, not a prophet, not, not a mere messenger of God, but as God the Son. He was sent in a mission of mercy to heal the brokenhearted. And he says, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And let me close tonight. The great Robert Murray McShane, who visited Tiberias on many, many occasions because of his illness from Dundee, Whenever he was ordained into the Christian ministry, the first Sunday after he was ordained, this was his text. He have sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And in the course of that sermon, he said, for everyone look at self. And we're fond of looking at ourselves, aren't we, in the mirror, men and women, young people. For everyone look at self, we should have ten looks at Christ. And I want to finish with this thought. Are we looking unto Jesus? Do we appreciate looking by faith unto Christ, the author and finisher of our faith? It's easy to be distracted by a a hundred and one things. It's easy to have other things that have got our attention and our mind and our heart. But I'm saying to you tonight, if you're here and you've got a broken heart and you feel the depravity of your sin, you, you feel at times you're at the point of despair, you say to yourself, there's no one to help me, no, no hope for me. Well, I'm saying tonight, there is. You can look to the Savior. You can fix your eyes on him. You can focus on his person and his work. Think of these words. Listen to him. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And isn't it interesting in the synagogue we read and all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Here's the claim that's fulfilled. Look to me. Listen to what I've said. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And if you're a broken heart, you can be healed tonight because he has power to change. May the Lord bless these few words to you. I trust you'll be encouraged and comforted as you've listened to the word of God.